In today's market, is adaptability more important than accomplishment? Use the PEAK acronym to succeed. What does P-E-A-K stand for, and how can you start using it today? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Monica Coleman. Monica is the Chief Energy Officer, another way of saying CEO, at Inside Information Coaching. She's a professional speaker, a coach, a championship golfer, and... I started talking to Monica shortly after I read an article online called Adaptability is More Important Than Ambition, and we'll link to that article. But Monica's take on it is a little bit different, and that's that adaptability is more important than accomplishment, or that's what the direction you need to think in. So with that long-winded introduction, welcome, Monica. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. We're glad to have you. So talk to me about adaptability, not accomplishment. What does that mean? Yeah, one of the things I've learned as I've coached a lot of people, executives, as well as golfers and other assorted athletes, is that when we get so focused on the outcome, we have a tendency not to see all the possibilities. So it's almost a requirement, even though it sounds as if it just won't work without that goal that I get attached to and expectant of, and you do need a pathway But if you get stuck on something, you don't adapt well. And what I've been telling people is that the process is the outcome. So the process itself, yes, it leads to the outcome, but the outcome truly is just part of the process. And quite frankly, when you get to that outcome, you're going to pick another one. So there's always something else to do. As long as we're alive, we want to go do something. We want to see what we can take ourselves out for a spin for. So adaptability becomes a huge part of moving the process. If we don't adapt, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got, you know, and and that's really the truth. Can you give us a, a practical experience, an example where somebody did get stuck that way? Oh, I see it all the time. Golf is probably, and of course, I love golf, so I tend to use that as my examples. But I see it all the time with both adult and teen golfers where they practice a certain way. I actually had a call this week with a bunch of teens, and we were talking about with, by the way, their instructor, so we're on the line with them. We're talking about how they are going to work over the course of the winter. We're, of course, in the northern half of the country here, so it's not warm. And Consequently, because of COVID and other things, they can't practice the way they normally do. And even if they could, the way they were practicing probably was not helping them to get better at what they're doing. So in order to understand, I have something called the peak process where we talk about perform, evaluate, adjust, and then key into what is part of your performance equation. 
So adjust being a big part of that. If we, at any point we can get stuck, so we can perform. And if it's not to our liking and we're judging things, we can get stuck there. If we don't know how to evaluate as opposed to judge, we're not going to pick up the data that we need. And then if we're not able to move through the first two stages, we're not even going to be able to see what the adjustments could be because we're stuck in our ego and we can't accept what just went on. And then a lot of people forget to key into what it is that really just helped them. So as you move through this, if you're going to actually become as good as you can possibly be at something, then you've got to follow that process. An adjustment piece of it is a huge piece. Now, there are a lot of other things that underlie the ability to do that. And so when I look at, you know, kind of a real-life example, that's one for an athlete, you know, because kids will stand there, not kids, but adults, we all stand there and rake balls and hit ball after ball after ball. And what are we learning? Now, sometimes we're trying to ingrain a certain feel in a swing or a certain position, that's fine, but there are lots of other things that need to go on in order to create a great golf round. And quite frankly, if you're not adjusting and taking in the data, you're not going to be able to be better than you are. You're just going to ingrain what you've already done. So I could give you another example from business if you'd like. Sure, absolutely. All right. So when I I have several clients, one who happens to be a very successful attorney and CPA, and he was doing things a certain way when I first met him, and he was good at what he was doing, but he wasn't achieving as much as he could. So it wasn't as if, and this the majority of my clients are this way, it's not that they're not doing okay, they are, but they're really kind of curious about how much better could it be. In order for him to change up the way his practice was running, he had to think about other revenue streams. He had to think about the types of people he was pulling in and what were the things he could be doing for them that he wasn't doing. And in the end, that turned out to be another revenue stream, which had to do with life insurance and annuity products that were available to him. He was already licensed. So, you know, he went through the process of figuring out how that became part of him being a trusted advisor, which he is very much because he's already an estate planner and a tax guy. So, you know, as an attorney and CPA, he already has that. So for him, it was taking a look at whatever else was out there for him. And again, it was, how do I do this? How do I have the, even the conversation? I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I'm selling something to people. And so there was a whole equation to adding this revenue stream that he had to go through. And, and at times it was working great and at times it wasn't. And so every time he made an adjustment, he was taking the data back in and he wasn't getting caught in his ego. It was just a, really it was an experiment. You know, you have a theory about what's going to work, but you don't always know. I know one of the pieces of advice that you give people is don't go to war with what is. What does that mean and how do you do that practically? Because it's hard. You, you set a comfort zone with what is, right? And, and a lot of folks don't want to move out of that. Right. Well, so one of the things about not going to war with what is, is also making the unknown your friend. So they kind of go hand in hand. One is my ability to be with what is COVID being a, a terrific example of not going to war with what is, because if we go to war with it, then we're stuck in victim mode. So from an energy perspective, we're not preparing to take the next step. We're not in creation. Rather, we're in victim. We're not moving past what is. So when I or anyone else that I'm dealing with is stuck on something, something's happened, it doesn't feel good, it, the process of moving is 
is starts with not going to war with what is. And quite frankly, even, even with that at the same time, if you're, if you find yourself at war, which is normal, it's a normal human reaction to be at war with COVID or no normal human reaction to be at war with the person who, you know, for people who are driving, the person who just cut you off or that's a normal human reaction. I'm not saying don't have it, but look at the part of you that's going to war and kind of go, what's that all about? Chances are it's ego. It's not really helpful to moving forward. So if we cannot go to war, then the next step is people not wanting to move forward because they're afraid. It's the, well, that's the thing that I don't know about. So the example I gave earlier of the client who's an attorney and a CPA, you know, he had to be fearless and not let his ego get in the way and tell him, oh, this is dangerous, right? He, he had to move through that in order to do what he could possibly do, right? When everything that you ever want in life that you don't really have is out in the unknown, the unknown's your friend. It's where everything exists, every possibility. And so if we're constantly avoiding the unknown, we're not going to move. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now back to our discussion. Is ego the other side of that coin about going to war with what is? I mean, are they kind of parts of the same problem? I don't want to, you know, let's put it this way. I don't want to call it a problem. And I understand why you'd say that. And sometimes I view it that way as well when, when mine's going off and making my life a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. But another thing that I, that I think people don't understand is that y- you can't come to the game of life and be nobody, right? So if life's a costume party, you got to come as somebody. You don't get to come as nobody. So from the time you're born, you're getting a lot of input about who you are, about what it means to be who you are in the family that you're in, in the society that you're in, in the religion that you're in. You know, you're kind of born a blank canvas, and the next thing you know, all of a sudden, you're a something, right? That's just your ego. So when I say ego, that's what I mean by ego. doesn't mean, you know, everybody has one. It's, I'm not saying when somebody has an ego that there's, their head is too big and they can't get through the doorway. What I'm saying is you have an identity, an identity that you have gotten comfortable with and you value. And so what happens with that is that because I have certain ideas about who I am, anything that doesn't match up with that or that somehow threatens that, I'm going to have a hard time with and I'm going to fight. And if I start fighting, I'm not accepting what is. And then the whole process can become problematic. So, you know, people do psychological work all the time around their idea of themselves. And for people whose egos aren't strong, they try and increase their sense of self. But most of the spectacular performances that I've ever seen, and I, I think we we experience this, and most of us have an idea of what that looks like when it comes to athletics, because we see it on the field, Wayne Gretzky on the ice, Michael Jordan on the court. I mean, 
when we look at those athletes and we watch what they do, you get this sense that while they fully and completely believe in themselves, they have very strong egos, at the same time, when they're out there performing in that way, they just seem to be not worried about that at all. There's a rhythm to it. There's an intuition. There's a flow. So all of that really gets disrupted by ego. So the, the more that we can move away from it and understand ourselves differently and as not just ego, but there's another piece of us, I think that that really helps when it comes to performing better. Well, you know, it's interesting that you that you raise that issue because I'm a recovering musician. Mm-hmm. And there have been a couple of studies done about jazz musicians who are really into it and they're improvising. Mm-hmm. And their brain goes into gamma, that, mm-hmm. which is a very deep brain state. And it's mm-hmm. almost a, an out-of-consciousness state. And yet they're listening to the other players. They're doing call and response, which is the basis of jazz. And they're doing all of those things. But they're just in that zone. And I've had nights where, you know, I've gotten up from the keyboard and we had a great time. And I might remember, you know, one particular person in the crowd, but I don't remember the rest of the evening. It was just that <laughs> that way. So if those people can get into it deeply, how do you get into it deeply? Do, do you have to rearrange your values and your philosophies and all of those things in order to to move into that kind of a range? You know, it's an interesting question because, and it's been studied by lots of different psychologists, how can you create zone or flow? There's a lot of characteristics people have come up with. From an energy perspective, what I've learned is that the quicker I'm vibrating in terms of my thought processes, meaning higher vibration thoughts are, they do have life's philosophies that underlie them. So in other words, when I understand that I'm here playing a game and that I'm never losing, I'm like, it's just not happening. It doesn't mean I'm going to win every golf tournament that I enter. But every time I take a breath, I'm winning. I'm here. And that kind of, some people would call that gratitude. I'm here and I'm winning just by breathing. There's, I don't need anything else from life in order to be winning. See, that's where we confuse the game of life with living. You know, when we leave here, we're not taking anything with us. So what is it that we get while we're here? Well, it's the experiences. And if you want to create experiences, you're going to be severely limited when you're stuck in your ego all the time. Now, the game of life has a lot of ego in it. So it's helpful to know how to deal with egos, yours and everyone else's. But if you're going to be in flow or zone, it's a very different experience. And certain philosophical premises are very, very helpful to moving past just being an individual thing out there all by yourself. You know, some of the authors that I've read, they talk about you're a part of the ocean, essentially, and you're a wave that's riding on top of the ocean. And there are lots of waves out there. They all look different, but you're all part of the ocean. And that's a great analogy for what it is to move into a space where you don't have to be separate from everything Because for those of us who've had flow experiences, I've had two of them, I can tell you for sure that I was there 100% as Monica, but at the same time, there was a connection to what I was doing. One was when I was skiing, so I'll use that as an example. You know, I was in a cloud. What set it up for me was I got stuck in a cloud at the top of a mountain and a lot of snow, and I knew it was going to be gorgeous, so the I was playing, I was skiing with my mom and my aunt, and I said, let's go to the top. There's going to be fluffy white powder. I can't wait to get up there. We went up to the biggest, steepest moguls on the mountain. And as we were coming down, I heard my aunt next to me going, whoa, whoa, because 
when you can't see and you go over a mogul, it feels like the ground's falling out from underneath you. And I, on the other hand, because I couldn't see, it affected the way I took in what was occurring and threw me into this state. And all I could say was is if the mountain were speaking to me through my feet, for lack of a better way to put it, and time changed. So instead of making maybe two turns, I was able to make three or four. And I didn't have to work at it. Like it was happening and I was in concert with what was going on. And I suspect when you talk about music, it's very much the same experience. And when we we hear about from runners, we hear about how time morphs. And those are all pieces of what can happen. Now, both of my flow experiences have come since I became a coach, a trained coach. And the process of becoming a coach has you not only understand how to motivate people in yourself and how to be accountable and all the rest of that, it's really a journey of, I don't want to call it self-discovery because self is all about ego. It's more, it's not about who I am. It's more about what I am, like what and what is all of this. That journey can take you to places where you can become one with everything that is. And when you are, in my experience, again, once in golf, once skiing, things just flow. It's just There's knowledge there that you've had access to your whole life. But because we were so busy doing what we were doing, we won't when we're tuned in. It's like getting on the same frequency that everything else is on, which is is such a different experience and glorious experience, I would say. But I believe it's available to us all the time. It's almost otherworldly. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a child of the 70s, so I remember some of those states being induced by other things. But but isn't it the best feeling in the world? I mean, it's, it's just transformative in so many ways. It is transformative in so many ways and really, truly remarkable. So when you talk an awful lot about figuring out what I am, mm-hmm. we tend as human beings to label things. Are yes. labels limiting? Yes. Any How word, so? So any word that I use to describe anything, because I'm putting a label on it, describes it. The word can never be the full truth of anything that is. It's not possible. It's an agreed upon way for us to communicate, and it's effective for what we're doing, but it is automatically incorrect. You know, some people would call it a lie, which is, I think, a little bit strong, but it, it is definitely not complete. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, lie lie provides a, a certain modicum of intent or, or you're, you think you understand what somebody intended. I just think that there's a shorthand that we have and sometimes labels make it easier and that's okay. But I, I've seen people in the coaching that I've done where they label themselves and they can't get out of their label. Mm-hmm. And it, it just kills them from moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you help folks pass that? Because we all do it to a certain extent, right? We definitely all do it to a certain extent. And and anybody who's a coach who's being honest with you will tell you that the coaches do it. It's not, we do that because it's convenient. We do it because when we play the game of life, labeling yourself allows you to be a something, right? So now I'm a something out in the world and I can tell you what I do and why you'd want to hire me. So we get caught in that. The problem is that if we don't sit back periodically, and this is why people meditating and self-reflection can be very, very helpful 
because you're right, you get stuck in it. So if you don't take the time to back up and go, wait a minute, what am I doing now? And is this what I want to be doing? Is this, am I doing this because this is the way according to society or my parents or whatever it is? Or am I doing this because when I sit down to do it, I can't stop doing it. I just love doing it. As a matter of fact, I don't want to leave the face of the earth without doing this thing. That's a different person. That's true. That's true. And, and so it's, you know, we've got a couple of minutes left. I, you know, one of the things that we talked about offline was that this entire process is a process of continual self-development. And we talk about that occasionally on the podcast. We have other coaches on sometimes when we're not talking insurance geek stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? I mean, is it, do you just strike out in a direction based on what your heart tells you? Or are you more intentional than that? Or is it a combination of the two? It's a combination of the two. So you do listen to your heart. We have a tendency to listen to our heads, which is important in the game of life, but it is not complete. If we allow our hearts to have some say so, we can end up being much, much happier. Probably the best example of that recently in my life is watching my son go back to graduate school in wildlife ecology, which, you know, it's like this is a kid with a business degree who's, you know, brilliant and he's changed his whole life. And he's just decided this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. So we need the courage to maybe change directions for some of us and the ability to plan for it. You can't just go off without having some idea, but it is a combination of head and heart. You need the space within which to know what's already inside of you and not to have it drown out by your phone and the TV and the election and COVID and whatever else. You need quiet time. And there's a there's a great book on that subject. I'm sure you've, you've read it called The One Thing by Gary mm-hmm. Keller. And mm-hmm. we'll link to that in the show notes as well. But but that'll be a good, for listeners, that would be a good place to start and incorporate the stuff that Monica's been talking about, because that will take you to the next step. And I wish we had more time, but that's a great place to end our interview. Monica Coleman, Chief Energy Officer at Inside Information Coaching. Monica, thanks for sharing your wisdom with our audience today. Thanks so much for having me. It was truly a pleasure. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.